and welcome to a slightly unusual Sony 16 podcast because uh, today I'm in my escape room as usual but I'm here with a very special in-person guest. Welcome to this Sunny 16 podcast escape room special, Dave Walker. Hello. <laughs> Dave, it's a delight to have you here in in the salubrious um, confines of my escape room, um, which unfortunately you can very much testify is a, is a big fat lie because it's a bit of a pigsty in here, isn't it? No, it's a, it's a delight. It's um, everything I hoped it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that speaks volumes, I think, about everything. Um, it's great. You you live very close to me. You live, what, 15 minutes it's, away? It, yeah, it's about 15 minutes. And you came over to see him because, um, well, you want to come see the new and larger. Mm-hmm. And also, you you brought some very cool things over to show me this evening, most of which, sadly, we can't talk about in any specificity whatsoever because it's all hush-hush stuff that's kind of... Coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> oh, coming. For, for, for given value of soon. <laughs> yeah, for a given value of soon. Um, well, I think, yeah, we, we can say that some of this stuff has got Steve Lloyd involved, so you can put your own value of soon within <laughs> the moment you put Steve into your... Oh, well, maybe not this Steve year. soon. <laughs> Steve soon, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's great. And I thought, well, whilst you're here, it would be a missed opportunity not to have a catch-up and chat about stuff. Um, because one, you're doing some really cool projects photo- photo- photography-wise. But two, uh, I really wanted to talk to you about the stuff that you're good at, the tech side of stuff. Um, because when we last met up, it was on the photo walk going mm-hmm. around Oxford. When uh, such things were allowed. When such things were... And will soon be allowed again. <laughs> Um, but it was, yeah, a, a year ago in January. It was kind of the last thing we got to do before everything closed down on us. And you had with you on that day a um, your little... Does it have a special name, this camera? It's the Robo Brownie. The Robo Brownie, <laughs> which sounds like a terrifying but delicious treat, <laughs> but is in fact a camera that, to the casual observer, looks just like a box brownie because it is a box brownie. Um What's special about your box brownie, though? Uh, what's special about my box brownie is that I have wedged inside um, an electronic liquid crystal shutter in addition to its mechanical shutter and built a control system that sits on the back with an elastic band at the moment. <laughs> um, uh, and, yes, so it's, a, it's an electronic shutter that you can program to uh, expose for whatever time you like um, and it's got some extra features it's got a, a delay timer on there as well it's um, yeah it doesn't have auto exposure yet but that was always the plan yeah um, but yes it's, an, it's a sort of hundred year old camera with some modern electronics inside yeah and this is something that you put together hacked together and very nearly managed to put in this box and I think this is this is what makes this so cool Is I mean it's not the, the camera has a shutter of its own <laughs> but Oh, it did have a shutter. It did have a shutter. <laughs> um, but you've put together this thing and put it into an existing camera um, that can do far more than the shutter that was in there, which had a single shutter speed of, let's say, 150th a second. Ish. Ish, yeah, depending on how the spring has held up over the years. Um, and it's a great proof of concept uh, because shutters... Uh, we we talked with various people about various things over the years and looked at various 
attempted Kickstarters for stuff and mm-hmm. the stumbling block for a lot of um, new cameras being made, but also one of the big problems with old cameras is the, the shutter because a lens is a lens and they can be repaired and they're glass and, you know, that's one thing. There's not much to go wrong with There's the not lens. much to go wrong. And even the internal movements, the um, film movements and stuff like that, yes, those transport mechanisms can fail, but they're mechanical. They can be worked on. But the shutters, um, they're high-tech precision pieces of kit that mm-hmm. um, are incredibly difficult to make and incredibly difficult to repair when they go wrong. Um, so the fact that you're starting to find solutions for this problem I think is um, is really cool what what inspired you I suppose what was the thing that lit the fire underneath you to try doing this in the first place um, try and think back so uh, I, I had come across online somewhere I forget where uh, these um, things called automatic uh, auto darkening welding glasses and the idea is that rather than have a a dark shield in front of your face the whole time. You have these glasses which are normally clear-ish um, and then when you spark up a, a welding arc they go dark to protect your eyes. Um, and uh, I I found some incredibly cheap, maybe a fiver from China or something. Um, and I thought, oh, I, I, that sounds like a an interesting thing to play with. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder wonder what's inside, I wonder how it works. So uh, I bought a couple and uh, took them apart and luckily they're so badly made they just fall apart in your hands. It's <laughs> really reassuring really <laughs> when these welding glasses that you're talking I, about. I, I definitely wouldn't trust my eyes to them. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the bits inside were interesting. Mm-hmm. They, they've got, um, weirdly, they seem to be using solar panels for the light sensor um, just as a trigger. Mm-hmm. But I, I started poking around inside just to see if I could break into the electronics somehow and and make it turn on and off at will just to see if I could really mm. um, and uh, it turns out that they run on 5 volts which is dead handy because I had an Arduino on my desk which also runs on 5 volts and, and very soon I had an Arduino toggling on and off and making this uh, liquid crystal element go dark and light and it sat there for a couple of weeks and I tinkered with it um, and I, I tried different things. Um, it, it's fairly dark when it's dark, and it's fairly clear when it's off. Um, but what I discovered was, I, I wondered if you could put two together. I thought, well, if you put two together, maybe it'll be twice as dark. Um, it's <laughs> it's not quite that straightforward. If you get two the same together and you put them in front of each other, what you get is completely black, and you can't make it clear again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which is a... a, a disadvantage uh, but if you turn one of them 90 degrees then it goes clear again it's all it's all to do with the polarizing filters that are on it mm-hmm. and the way the liquid crystal works so i had this thing you've got two crossed polarizers it's all on my old instagram if you want to go and dig through the archives um uh, yeah so if you put two right angles next to each other it does get darker when it's dark and it's still clearish when it's when it's uh, not on. Um, so I had that on my desk and um, I, I was home. I was listening to a Sunny 16 podcast doing Good. the washing up. That's, Good, yeah. Uh, so it's the normal way to do the washing up. Yeah. 
Um, and I can't remember what was said. It was some. It was one of the discussions at the time about shutters being hard to find, and it may have been, <laughs> yes. it may have been one of these kickstarters you mentioned that were struggling to find a shutter. Mm. And I realised I had this thing on my desk, and actually, it, it could possibly be used as a shutter in some sort of camera. I didn't know what I'd use it for, um, but I also have. When I got back to work, I I keep a few. <laughs> I, I keep a few. Uh, old project cameras at work on on the bookshelf uh, just for tinkering with at lunch times um, and this box camera was there it's a 620 uh, film box camera I never had any 620 film so I hadn't used it but what I'd done was it was it was really beaten up so I'd, I'd been taking it apart I cleaned it all up I replaced some of the the um, covers um, I'd cleaned out the shutter and the shutter was quite interesting. The way the way it worked, it's just kind of a little spring shutter, mm. but it's just a single speed or a, or a bulb or a time actually. Um, and I cleaned out all the viewfinders and everything. And, and again, that was just sat on my desk. Um, uh, and I hadn't hadn't made the link until that evening when I thought, oh, I wonder if one fits inside <laughs> the other. Just jam it on. <clears throat> so I tried it the next day, and it it strangely enough, uh, the liquid crystal display I had fit perfectly inside the, the camera um i think at the time actually i hadn't i hadn't got as far as doing the crossed uh, displays i just had the one and the one fits in it quite nicely in the in the shape it is it's kind of taller than it is wide um and then i had to try and figure out how to get the second one in and i, I tried various things i put one on the front with some elastic bands but that wasn't very pleasing <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds magnificent. Did you try masking tape? Um, I, and that's my recommendation. There, there, there is some electrical tape in there as well. Um, in the end, I, uh, the original welding mask I tried was a kind of long, thin liquid crystal display. Um, but I, I discovered that you can also get one with an individual display, one for each eye, mm-hmm. and they were they were kind of square. So um, uh, I was able to get two of those in at right angles inside. With a bit of woodwork and a bit of um, chopping away the paper cone that goes between the lens and the film. Yeah. And just kind of wedging stuff in there. Um, and I tested it and it, it seemed to work. I, it seemed it seemed to do an exposure. Um, so I, I I knew the photo warp was coming up, so it gave me a, a deadline. And um, I need a deadline because um, otherwise these things just sit there forever. So I, I put together this controller with a, an Arduino and a little rotary dial and uh, a little display um, and uh, wrote some simple code that would let me change the shutter speed. And then I re-spooled a film of some... I forget what it was now. In fact, it was a Fomapan 100, I think. Uh, it may have been 400, which I'd never used before, uh, I, but I had one. So I re-spooled it onto a 620 spool um, and I took it with me on the photo walk. Um, and <laughs> and the, the, the thing, when you're using it, it's not, it's not the easiest camera to operate. Um, it looks a bit like an improvised explosive device. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's got kind of wires hanging off it and I needed a, a USB power pack in my pocket and a big USB cable to run mm-hmm. the Arduino and it's got a as a cable that goes from the front to the back. Um, but I took some photos around Oxford and I developed the film in a developer I'd never used. Uh, so it's a camera I'd never used, a shutter I'd never tested. 
uh, with a film I'd never used before in a in a developer that I'd, it, I'd not tried. I approve of all of this. This yep. seems this seems like the perfect way because that way you know instantly which part was wrong with this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're doing an experiment. That's the best way. Surely. Yes. Make, make sure everything's new. <laughs> Have yeah, no variable <laughs> that you know. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, uh, uh, astonishingly, I got photos, mm. and and they they were okay. They were a little bit thin, um, which is partly possibly because it's the film I used, and partly because it's a mono bath, and partly because I didn't know how much light I was losing through the filter, yeah. and I was kind of guessing at the exposures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, these are all good things. Um, also, it wasn't a very nice day. I mean, it was, it was all right. It was. It was. Sunny, in the sunny, sunny point. Yes. So, but but I'd take I'd deliberately taken photos outside in the sunshine and indoors when we were having lunch in the dark, um, and and they all came out apart from one or two operator errors where I'd turn the shutter on in the bag or something, um, you know the usual stuff. But but yeah, I got like six photos out of it, um, which was astonishing, really. Um, and then um, uh, that's the only film I've ever run through it. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> um, but but I proved a point, and it does work. Um, yeah. Um, and um, and then Steve Lloyd got got hold of it. I posted these things on Instagram, and mm. um, uh, actually during the photo walk, I think um, who was it? It was uh, Simon Forster posted it on on one of the Facebook groups, and there was a little. Um, uh, frisson for a while of uh, people think, saying, "What the hell is that thing?" Mm. Um, and um, I, I picked up a load of followers on Instagram that day. Um, but um, yeah, so Steve Steve Lloyd got hold of it and he thought, "Well, I wonder if we can make a really big one." Yeah, um, as is it wants. <laughs> um, and so we had a go. So we 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 managed to find some bigger liquid crystal displays um, and they work almost as well as the small ones they, mm-hmm. they're not quite the same but similar and between us um, just you know remotely we, we never got together because we we're opposite ends of the country but um, we managed well opposite middle of the country I mean it's the- <laughs> I mean I live in Oxfordshire so you know anything north <laughs> of Birmingham is, is Scotland effectively it's, isn't it's it? very difficult to be a consumer so at the end of anything <laughs> when you're in Oxfordshire <laughs> yeah so uh, you know too far to walk yes um, that's fair um, so uh, we, we did the whole thing remotely over Instagram mostly and um, uh, he, he put together a, a shutter using these big bits of glass and um I helped out with the electronics and the software, and um, we we put together a, a demonstrator, um, which actually you, you saw earlier. Mm. And Steve put on um, his Instagram at the time. It was um, it goes inside his Chroma camera, and it's uh, it's it's the same thing but bigger. Yeah, um, it's very it's very cool. I, I stuck it in the front of mine to see how it works, and it, it, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, it works. <laughs> it, it it works. You can put it in the front. It's Steve made it, so it's all held together with magnets, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I was able to. I mean, we didn't try it with a lens, although I do have um, an old brass lens that's mounted in a lens board. That if you're going to use it at the moment, it's got no shutter built in, so I'm having to mm. use it with my. I was to say with my hat. I don't have a hat. That would be a lie. But but if you had a hat, it would be the kind of thing you would use a hat for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's. Um, yeah, it just it puts in there. It's got this little unit on the front of the control. It's like, oh yeah, this this is this is a thing that could be 
mm-hmm. useful. Yeah, so we so we made a demonstrator, and then Steve got this crazy idea to um, take apart um, uh, it was an Instax camera, and he'd hacked it about a bit, and he put a lens mount on the front so mm-hmm. we could fit funky Russian lenses. Um, and so we wondered if we could. It's a really thin camera. These Instax cameras, there's not a lot of depth to them, no. so you, you struggle to put much of any sort of shutter in there. Um, but we we wondered if we could wedge one of these in. So, so we stripped the whole thing apart and we, we pulled ripped out all the electronics. I think there's maybe two wires left from the shutter release that were original, and everything mm-hmm. else is new. And it's got a little display on the back, and um, it's got uh, we repurposed the buttons. Um, which were for light and then dark. Yeah, light and dark yeah. buttons. We reused those for operating the, the menu system, um, and um, yeah, and and again, it does actually work. We, yeah. we got some pictures with it. It's impractical because yeah. you, you yeah. can't focus the thing without a tape measure. Yeah, but well, but it's yes. kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, another good proof of concept. I mean, that's the thing with all of these things. Is they're 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 all um, testing out what you can do and exploring what can be done in this space. Yeah. Um, and it does seem like between the um, availability of things like Arduino and, and the flexibility and the compact nature, I mean, and I know nothing about these things, but I know that they're, they're constantly iterating on those. They're constantly getting better, mm-hmm. more powerful, more compact. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot that they can do. But also in the availability of other materials like you mentioning stuff like the um you know, if you use your imagination like the the, the welding glasses yeah. and stuff like that, the components out there um that for the creative mind technology can kind of yeah it's it's, it's never been easier to get hold of bits cheaply and, mm. and hack them together the 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 arduinos make everything so simple really because all all the there's so much code that's been written for other things that you can just download, uh, install on your Arduino, and then hack it about until it does what you want it to. Yeah. So it's it's really quick to bolt things together. So um, getting a um, um, OLED display working and rotary buttons and um, you know whatever else you want to do, it's it, it doesn't take weeks and weeks. You can do it in an hour. Yeah, it feels almost like. If you're, if you have the intelligence and the um, skills to do it, that doing this kind of things now is a bit like building a crystal radio set was in the 1950s and 60s. Yeah, I mean it's 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 easier than that. Really, <laughs> and it's great because this does start to open up. I mean, like the shutter is a, a perfect example of this because it, it it is a thing that is an issue and, and all right it's not like we found a it's not like we're at a point where we go oh here's a perfect solution that you can slot into any camera or build any camera around you know it's, it's, there's still a lot but but it's it's an option it's an option mm-hmm. that um even just working with off-the-shelf parts you've managed to now using three different separate instances and it's worked mm-hmm. um and if people are building if at the moment the lcds are being built for this for welding goggles, at some point in the future, it's like, well, could you make it for this thing instead? You know, mm. specifically, it's yeah, absolutely. And and actually, um, since since I made the the Robo Brownie, you can you can now buy the the 
LCD panels by themselves without having to throw away the rest of the welding glasses. Oh, wonderful. So that's a bonus. <laughs> that is a bonus, yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually more expensive to buy them on their own. Ironic. But there's less waste. Yes, that's, that, that is true. Although you get fewer pairs of cool glasses to just wear around half them. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm guessing they look cool. Right? Oh, yeah, t- totally cool. <laughs> I mean, you, you can always put a sideline in um, steampunk accessories and just, like, mount some, I don't know. Cogs and things. Cogs and things, yeah. exactly. Because steampunk. Yeah. I mean, shutters aside, um, I mean, we've seen over the last few years, we were talking before we started recording about um, people like Matt at Raveni and Ethan, um, Ethan Moses, and, you know, all of the stuff that people are doing. Um, it, it does feel like we're getting to a good point now where... Um, Analogue photography can really be uh, augmented um, by some of this stuff, uh, and then they, and the other great thing is that this community of people like like yourself, like Steve, like Matt, like Ethan, like many other people. Um, I, you know, I know that it's more than that, but these are just the names that come to my head because <laughs> the people I've spoken to most recently um, talk to each other and working with each other, um, and it does feel like. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I think that's just the screen turning itself off. I'm not used to not looking at the screen. It's really throwing me. Yeah, it's still taking a it long. It's fine. It's still taking all these fine words of wisdom. Um, the, um, the, do you feel like now that... So, say... Uh, well, maybe Bellamy's projects. I mean, Bellamy was looking to make uh, the Tran Camera Hunter is looking to make a fairly bespoke point and shoot camera. That, I think mm-hmm. that was what he was looking for. Um, do you think that we're at a point yet where, for somebody who wants to make a new camera, the the technology is there yet to to make that feasible? Sidestepping. Um, the the shutter issue by using what's out there. Do you think we're we're there yet? So it, in individuals and small groups of people or big companies. <laughs> um, I suppose the worst <clears throat> of all things, the middle ground. So <laughs> not not a Canon or a, an Icon, Nikon, um, not a large company like that. But mm, I don't know somebody like a Reflex, for example, <laughs> um, to pick a name out of thin air. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's possible. It's not. It's not easy. It's, it, it was never easy. Mm. Um, but then we've had 35mm cameras for, God, how long now? To, what, 80 years or something? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it was possible then. It must still be possible now. Yeah. Um, but it's it's more of a mechanical problem than anything else, probably. Yeah. Um, and I... Uh, most of the people I meet... It's rare to find a group of good mechanical engineers the sort of individual good mechanical engineers around i'm thinking of steve lloyd obviously because he's uh good at this sort of thing yeah um but um if you if you're doing something complicated like a 35 mil camera you need um uh, film transport systems and that's that's harder than you think Mm. i mean if you've just got a knob on the top that's fine but if you want like a lever, then you need to make sure that it does the same distance each time, even when 
the film's spooling up on the on the take up spool and the, the diameter's changing as you as you go. Yeah. So it's there's lots of little things that, that big companies spent a long time fixing. Yeah. And we've mostly forgotten how to do. Yeah. Or they've just got um well, one, they've been forgotten, or at least the, the knowledge is not with people who definitely want to do it, but also the expense of yeah. the complexity of these systems. I mean, you could make one. You you could make yourself a Leica if you had you know a machine shop and um, a couple of clever engineers, mm. but it would cost you more than an actual Leica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But quite a lot more. Yeah. Um, and, and Leicas aren't cheap to start with. No. No. So uh, all all these things are possible, um, but but certainly if you're going to sort of electronics things, then uh, yeah, you don't need a team of engineers anymore to build a brain for your camera. Yeah, and and actually one of the one of the projects I've been interested in for a little while that I've, I've just sort of started is there must be lots of decent film cameras around from after. The electronics came in in the 80s um, and before film went away for the first time uh, where the electronics is unreliable. And yeah, I say almost all of the cameras. Al- almost all in yeah. those decades, yeah. So so I, I've, I've wondered for a quite a long time which of those cameras would be the best if it weren't for shonky electronics. Mm. Uh, and then is there anything you can do about it? So, I, I mean, I've, I've been involved in the Open SX70 project for, for a couple of years now. Yeah. Can you, actually, before you, can you explain what that is to, to the listener who doesn't know and also to the media? I mean, I've heard of it and I kind of have this vague notion of what it is, but... It's, it's a really cool project. It's, it's run by a chap called uh, Joaquin in uh, Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been doing this thing for years. It's a big open source project. And it's taking Polaroid's most complicated camera, kind of the pinnacle of yeah. technology, must have been hundreds of patents um, and, and new techniques invented for that camera. It's got flexible circuit boards in it. It's got um, automatic exposure. It's it, it's it's phenomenally clever. And this, the, there's a version with a sonar rangefinder, and it's you know it's, it folds down small enough to stick in your coat pocket. Um, a beautiful cameras, um, phenomenally expensive, <laughs> yeah. um, but but really cool. And and you can, of course, these days you, the Impossible Project is now Polaroid again. You can you can still buy film for them. Mm. Um, but again, the electronics is getting a little bit aged, and some of the light meters aren't what they used to be. Um, and so. His idea basically was, and, and I hope I'm not misrepresenting it, <laughs> but the, the idea was basically to understand as much as possible about the design of the camera so that it could be not not only repaired, but uh, re-engineered with, with modern electronics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and um, you know, the project had gone a long way before I noticed it, and it was, there were working prototypes, um, but what was missing? It was all. It worked perfectly in um, as a manual camera. So that was that was the main selling feature, actually. Whereas the SX70 is totally automatic. You can't adjust the shutter speed at all, mm-hmm. um, uh, or in fact the aperture because it. Yeah, it's complicated, but it's it's got a weird sort of aperture shutter combo. <laughs> it does both at the same time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, whereas you. On the original camera, you couldn't do any of those things manually. On the 
prototype open SX70, you could. You could adjust the shutter speed, you could adjust the maximum aperture, um, and you could take manual photos with this thing. I mean, it does involve getting really brave and uh, taking the whole thing apart and ripping out the electronics and replacing it with, with new electronics. Yeah. Um, and then soldering on these uh, 50-year-old um, flexible circuit boards onto onto your circuit board. I, I've done it. It's it's not for the faint of heart, but um, it's, it is possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the one thing that was missing was a working light meter. Um, and there were some ideas, but they it wasn't working very well, and uh, Joaquin didn't have the electronics experience to to really get to grips with it. Um, so I, I I got interested, and I I, I love a problem. And also <laughs> um, sensors are kind of your thing. Yeah, and electronics and sensors, and and uh, I'm, I'm I like solving problems. It's it's what gets me up in the morning, really. So I I, I was pondering over this thing and. Um, trying to think of different ways of doing it and this this one came to me in the shower rather than washing up but it's still water-based um <laughs> I, I i came up with this this system anyway it's um it uses a particular type of light sensor that turns the intensity of light into um a pulse rate so the brighter the light the faster the pulses come um so just by counting the pulses uh you set a magic number of how many parcels of light we need to make a good exposure on this particular film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it gets to that number, it's exposed. Yeah. And you can close the shutter. Uh, and we, we tried it out, and it, it works uh, better than the original light meter in the SX-70. That's awesome. Which was very pleasing yeah no kidding because <laughs> that, that one works really well but because it, it's 1970s electronics yeah there's a there's a limit so your maximum exposure is about I, I forget how long maybe 20 seconds or something mm-hmm. whereas this one uh, if it takes an hour it takes an hour it'll just keep going yeah um, and uh, we Joaquin's got some really nice night shots of Barcelona They'll just leave this thing running until it thinks it's had enough and then yeah. it, it turns off so so that that was in my head the whole time that you can take an old camera with electronics and you can rip out those electronics, replace them with something else and operate all the functions that that camera had and maybe add a few more features Yeah, um, just for fun. And I wondered what other cameras would be really good for that. Mm. So which are the really good cameras that people don't want because they don't trust the electronics in them? Mm. Um, they also have to be cheap enough that I can afford to buy a couple and take them apart. <laughs> mm. I mean, it, it seems like um, probably. I mean, those are the, the cheap enough you can take them apart, but the the class of cameras which really falls into that is one I've already kind of mentioned that of the premium point and shoots, um, and, and not not that all of those were expensive in the first place. When I mean, things like the Mew Two, um, mm. you know, I was listening. Well, they would they would. Yeah, comparatively cheap for a while. Yeah, and now they're more expensive <laughs> than they were, and they were, and they were brand new. But also uh, things within that, um, things like the uh, Yashica T5s which, or the T4s and 5s. Yeah, and, crazy money. Yeah, and the what's the other one? The oh, good grief, can't brain begins with C. Help me out. Contact. Thank you. The contact. You know, these are all cameras where the prices on them have got quite high, but 
they're really unreliable, especially the contact, it mm-hmm. seems. Um, so They do go wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how viable is that? It, it, you know, do you think, oh, if I had a co- enough contacts and enough time, I could get in there and... Again, it's definitely possible that the the biggest problem with the with the point and shoots is that they're incredibly tight on space. Yeah, they if you if you've ever looked inside one or or if you follow Piero Pozzella PPP repairs on Instagram, yeah. you see inside these cameras they are packed full. There's there's no space in there at all. So it's definitely possible because they were made with 1980s electronics and. Yeah. 2020s electronics should be at least as small. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it should be possible. Um, but I wouldn't start there. Yeah. Uh, firstly, because they're expensive um, and you're quite likely to break something going inside if you yeah. don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I, I've been asking around for a while, I've, various people, um, uh, and actually Jeff Greenstein of. Uh, I dream of cameras fame. I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, Not sure I approve of that song. <laughs> that birthday song claiming I should be sure wearing my shirt. I am wearing my shirt I'm, tonight. You I was going to say, I, I, I was going to thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he suggested uh, the Canon T90, mm-hmm. which I hadn't heard of actually. But it's more or less the, it was the last Canon FD camera. Yeah, it was the high end of that range because there's the, what, the T90, T60, T50, T70. There's, there's some T's. There's some T's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because they were, they were the cameras that that existed between the um, Canon A1, A1, mm-hmm. and then the EOS. Yeah. They had a pretty short run, actually, didn't they? It was a really short run because. Um, they they changed like I say they changed the lens mount to yeah. the, to the EOS. I think it was there was some competitive pressure there, so they they released this T ninety which is all singing all dancing. Mm-hmm. It's got a one over four thousand second maximum shutter speed. It's uh, you know motor transport electronic everything, but it's got some problems. <laughs> it, but it was only, it was only on sale for a few years really before it was um, obsolete. Mm. But it's it's the pinnacle of the the FD range really. Yeah. So any, anyway, um, it's it turns out it's got some issues. Uh, most of them um, that you find, if you go looking online, most of them have developed this fault where it will work okay for a couple of shots, and then you'll get e e e on the screen on the top, e, e. Uh, and then it, it doesn't work anymore, and you have to reset it, or you have to take the film out, or yeah. or something, and that's a pain in the backside, frankly. Yes, um, less than ideal. Yeah. Um, so that had me curious because it's it's an SLR. It's a it's a decent size. Um, it's electronic, but it's dodgy electronics. How hard can it be? <laughs> so so I bought one, um, uh, a broken one that's got this fault, and it was maybe thirty five quid or something. Mm-hmm. Which, if it worked, would be an astonishing price. Yeah. Um, for for what you get, and uh, you know, I, I shoot a, an F one normally. Um, so I've got FD stuff. Um, so I, I looked into it, and um, and actually, uh, for a while, I thought maybe um, it, it seemed to be if you exercise the shutter for long enough, the E error goes away, um, which is a curious thing. But uh, so I did that. I, I exercised it for a while, and the error message went away, and I thought, oh, cracking! I've got a a bargain here. Yeah. 
and then of course it creeps back the, yeah. it, it comes back um and what my my hypothesis on it is uh i think it's it's so clever that what it <laughs> what it's doing is it's monitoring its own shutter speed and if that shutter speed goes outside a certain tolerance level yeah it throws up an error and then you have to get it serviced yeah uh but the service is normally just replace the whole shutter unit yeah which is not marvelous really um as you can't really get the spare parts anymore well you can get some spare parts but not in volume so i have also bought a t90 shutter unit <laughs> um separately uh and i I've, I've figured out how to trigger that from an arduino so i uh um i haven't I haven't built a control system around it yet, but I've, I've figured out the basics. Once it's cocked, I can fire it uh, at any shutter speed I want um, uh, in a similar way to how I was doing the liquid crystal display. So so I thought, okay, well, if I can drive a shutter, um, what's next? Uh, and on, on top of the T90, there's this little liquid crystal um, segmented display, like a 1980s um, digital watch. Yeah. Which has got some information on it. it. Tells you how many shots you've taken and um, what exposure mode you're in and, and that sort of thing. So I, I've found a, a little OLED matrix display of a similar size and um, mocked up a couple of displays for it, which shows all the same information and a little splash screen and um, and that that works quite nicely and that's that's quite a fun thing. So I thought, well, if I'm in my mind because I'm an idiot, I'm halfway there, right? I, I can I, I can fire a shutter mm-hmm. and I can I can put stuff on a screen. So yeah. How much else can there be in there? Yeah. It's, it's, really, it's nearly done, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it turns out there is quite a lot more in there, but <laughs> <laughs> but but you can get all, all the service manuals and the uh, electronic schematics and everything. It's all it's all online, so you can you can get all that stuff for free. Yeah. Um. And I've I've picked up some other spare bits, so I've got like the the um, there's a little assembly with a shutter button and a little thumb, clicky wheel for your finger, and um, there's another little button on there. So I'm, I'm, the next plan is to take that control mechanism, interface that to the Arduino, which then drives the display and the shutter, and then you've you've basically got a working camera at that stage, and then it's just a case of all the other bits. You know, and jamming it all but, back in there. But you, you, well. It can be on. It can be on the outside to start with, to prove a point. You <laughs> miniaturise later once it works. Oh uh, yeah, I love the way you say it so casually. We just miniaturise later. Yeah, that's fine. You the can, easiest part. We get my your big miniaturising rate. Again, it's it's nineteen eighties electronics. It yeah. was bigger than it is now. Yeah, it's, um, you can definitely make things smaller. Um, but I mean, the T ninety's got another fun fault in it. Um, well, a design choice yeah <laughs> it, it seems to have a, a little uh, coin cell battery inside not user replaceable it's soldered in there onto the circuit Ooh. board and it's got a uh, a life of about five years yeah so every five years this camera would have to be sent back to be serviced anyway yeah um which is yeah uh, i i can't imagine designing that on purpose unless you were only selling it to professionals who were going to send it in every year in any case yeah mind you you see there are quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of old electronics that have that thing don't they where they they have these batteries to kind of store some settings just in yeah it's not it's not essential but it 
it doesn't work properly without, without it. You know, yeah, it doesn't do everything it did. Yeah, years ago, I had um, I don't know why I bought it because I cannot play the keyboard, but I bought this old <laughs> synth keyboard, and that had that exact problem. That I mean, it was supposed to have all these great sound banks in there, but because this thing had died. Um, it lost all of its memory, so you could make it make all the sounds. We had to do it all manually, and you know it was like so. Um, yeah, I guess it is just. It, I think it was a solution in the eighties, wasn't it? That was oh well, if in doubt, stick a battery in there. And yeah, I mean, battery-backed memory is yeah, well, it's not ideal, mm. <laughs> uh, particularly if you can't change the battery. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So so the the long term project in you know in all my spare time that I've got with three small children, a full-time job, um, is is to gradually replace all that electronics <laughs> um, and just add all the features in one at a time and then um, keep going. Once I've reached the, the, the full feature set, just to keep going and add more features. Yeah. Because um, you can. Yeah. So. No, that sounds great. Do you, I, I suppose, well, mind you, you mentioned about the fact that the spare parts are difficult. So this doesn't sound like it's the kind of thing that once you've done it once and gone, okay, that's how this all works, you can then easily do it again and again and again. Well, it's, it's, it's more to prove a point for myself yeah. that it's possible. Yeah. We're um, not going to become, you're not going to become Mr. T90 and we're all Mr. T90 with the gold medallions. What? Uh, <laughs> and you aren't going on any plane pool, obviously. Obviously. Um, but, um, <laughs> But this isn't something you're thinking. Oh no, I could, I you know, refurbish it. It's, it's probably things. not commercialisable no. just on the basis it would cost hundreds of pounds to to fix one, and you can probably buy ten of them um, yeah. and find a good one. <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, I, I know the T90 is quite a sought-after camera, but it's not that sought-after. It's, it's sought-after by nerds who like to have all the good yeah. cameras. <laughs> but then, but then, part of that's because the electronics doesn't work. Yeah. But I guess there can't be that many of them out there, though, either, can there, after a fairly short... There's quite a lot. They're almost all broken. Oh, cool. Well, there you go. If you've got a broken T90, send it to you right there. <laughs> Maybe not just yet. Everybody, send their T90s <laughs> a day. Just fire them a day. doesn't matter whether you want it back or not. Just dump your rubbish <laughs> on it. Especially if you don't want it back, then send it over. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> You'll go on to be something else. Um, no, that, that's really cool. Uh, are there any other cameras that you've been eyeing up as you know potential future projects or do you think the T90 will be the the pinnacle of this adventure well I think I think the T90 probably proves the point and mm-hmm. then if you know if that goes okay then you might start thinking about the the compacts yeah um it's all the same work really yeah. they've all got the same things inside them they've got motor drives they've got um, light meters they've got frame counters and user interfaces and all this yeah. it's just it's just a much tighter space yeah but those are expensive cameras that might be worth spending money on yeah fixing yeah exactly I think that's the one thing if you can pick one up broken and send it back out functioning then mm-hmm. and you know it, it they're really worthwhile cameras maintaining as well. I mean, this is the thing. It's not, never mind, well, not the move, but never mind the financial worthwhile keeping going, but like just every one of those that dies, it's a, it is a lot. It's another camera gone. It's another camera gone. And at Mm -hmm. the moment, like properly gone. Cause I mean, they're, they're the unloved cameras, aren't they? And and from, from once the electronics came in uh, upwards until digital, nobody really wants those. Yeah. As a as a rule, apart from like you say, the the compacts for some reason have 
had a resurgence. Yeah, but they're great. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I find uh, my little Olympus Mew. Um, it's because it's they take really good pictures. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the hands of sausage-fingered numpties like me, those cameras, they're smart. They've got good lenses on them. Um, and you always have them with them because they're compact and they can take great pictures and you see the amazing work that people are doing with them. They're, mm. they're, they're incredibly capable tools, but like you said, the, the electronics, it, it makes it really... Um, like, so I have I have two Olympus Mewtwo's um, and the one that I use is battered <laughs> because I use it and I'm a klutz and you know and I've taken it to work in my pocket and I took it to a, a night out and nightclub and like one of my drunken friends dropped in it's it what they were designed for yeah exactly and that's fine when they were a cheap <laughs> a, a cheap camera but, and they were and they were um, but I have the second one which is in good condition and I'm really a part of me goes you should sell this they're it's worth you know 150 pounds 200 pounds you could sell this and get the money from it and use it to waste on something else let's be real um <laughs> but more jalubatels more jalubatels something worthwhile yeah, like yeah. that exactly um but that said i really like the cameras and i know that if i sell it I'm never buying another one. No. You, you're just not, because those prices... And the first one will break. And the first one will break. It, it, it's inevitable. And, you know, maybe the second one will be broken before then because it sat and died. But, <clears throat> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the sad thing about these electronic cameras. You know, I mean, that's, you know, talking to people like Hamish in the past about expensive cameras like Leica, he said, yeah, well, yeah, but if you buy a Leica, you're never going to lose money on it. Mm-hmm. And you won't because... Even if it breaks, even if something goes wrong, you can get them repaired. It's, and it's hard to it's imagine. It's clockwork anyway, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so they will, you, you, it's a camera that will be there for, for life, hopefully. Um, but these, these electronic ones, they are a ticking time bomb. They are all eventually going to fail. And as more and more of them do fail, the prices are only going to go up and up. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's a bummer because I really like I really yeah. love them. And it you know, it, it's most most people will assume that once an an electronic camera has died then it's beyond yeah. repair. Unless you strip out the electronics from another one. But I I don't see it that way. I I think electronics can be redesigned. You can yeah. do it. it. we it's been proved with the Open SX seventy. Yeah. It's it's got more features now than it had when it was new and it, it looks unmodified from the outside. Yeah. Um, it it can be done even with complicated cameras. Yeah, is the information? I mean, you talked about service managers and stuff like that. Is the information as available with some of these other cameras? Is there resources you can go to and find this, or, or is it more kept under lock and key? Some of it's around. Yeah, uh, on the internet. Um, I guess other cameras. The the, the information must exist somewhere, yeah. even if you have to go to. A proper camera repairer and pay for it <laughs> rather than just download it off the internet yeah um the most of these cameras have that sort of information somewhere even if it's on paper somewhere yeah yeah just finding it 
yeah. <laughs> and, and finding spare parts where necessary, I suppose, as well. But um, yes, if you need spare parts, I mean, mechanical parts can be made. Yeah, electronic parts can be redesigned. Can they? And I suppose that um, these days, with some of the lightweight plastic parts that a lot of these small cameras are made of, they can be printed pretty darn easily as well. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's an exciting time for all this stuff and. I really hope that we do. We are heading towards a point where, like that trend, turns around, and the 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 electronic cameras are not just rubbish once they're done. Because they mm-hmm. there's so many out there, and, and we, God, who was it we were talking to? Oh, the name's gonna lose again. <laughs> completely a vacuum. But um, the chap who does all the amazing pictures of the uh, models and stuff um, in New York. Um, no, it's not going to come back to me. Huge apologies, but we did. We spoke to him a couple of times as well. He's a really nice chap. Um, but yeah, he's saying he gets through so many. I think it's primarily the uh, Yoshika T5s. Oh yes, yeah. shoes. Oh, I remember the conversations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like, you know, he just gets through them because he's using them and they're yeah. tools. In the but, fashion shoot. Yeah. The, the, the um, uh, no invite. No invite. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I forget the name of the uh, Dan. God, so close. So close. I ought to look it up. Um, but anyway, it's great. You can check out the No Invite conversation with that. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he's getting through these and they're just, they're almost disposable. Well, they're literally disposable, I guess, at the moment. Yeah, if you, yeah. And yeah, it's worth it to him, but yeah. to most people. Bassini, you, Dan Bassini. Oh, thanks, well Bray. God. <laughs> I'm like the shutter on an on T90. I just need to, my brain needs to be exercised for a bit <laughs> before it spits out the result you actually won. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, m- most people can't afford to buy a camera they don't know is going to work for over a, a couple of months. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you don't trust them, you won't you won't buy them. No, and you shouldn't either. I mean, for 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 normal people, no offense, um, <laughs> but for normal people who don't have electronic technical know how, um, you probably shouldn't be buying these cameras. Not for the money they go for. I, know, I suppose unless the money, everyone's circumstances are different. That's true. My um, Will Sinead's son um, has just taken delivery today. <gasps> of a lightsaber that he's bought. Uh, and said, it's great, it's just like the real thing. I'm like, this, there is no real thing. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful, it works. And it doesn't work. It's like, okay. It's a Graflex flash handle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he spent, and bless him, he's 17 years old, he has a job, he's, you know, he's earned, this is his money. So he spent £350 on <laughs> Yes. <laughs> on a... Working, and I hope you can all see the uh, bunny ears around that one. Working lightsaber. I haven't seen anybody's arms being locked off because their friend doesn't like them. Um, but you know, so if you've got if you've got lightsaber money kicking around, and you want to pick up one of these cameras, that's great. But I do kind of feel it's almost like that. You kind of need to go. Well, I'm just buying this thing, even though it may just be an ornament in a few months' time, because there's no guarantees with any. Because that stuff can just I mean, and what is it? Maybe you can give me... When these cameras go, why are they just suddenly packing up? Is it... Is it... I don't know, digital... Not digital, but is it rot? Is it rot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't know, really. Um, I guess maybe the processes that we used to make the um, integrated circuits at the time, maybe they... they 
haven't held up to the ravages of you know, 30, 40 years of um, temperature and humidity and mm. the rest of it. Um, sometimes, sometimes the batteries just leak and rot away the contacts, but I mean, that's fixable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's killing them. I, I guess someone like Piero would know. Um, he's inside these things all day. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what's killing them, but um, they, they do seem to be unreliable. Yeah. Uh, they, they, I guess they just weren't designed to be still working in yeah. 50 years' time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you said we're talking about a £100 camera here that was sold mass market, cheap yeah. and cheerful, off they go. If it breaks, buy another one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, boy, wouldn't it be great if we could just go and come <laughs> on, man. I do... I do I do wish that somebody like a limb... I know it's such a pipe dream, but you just wish you go, look, you could... You, or you must somebody I don't know what the heck the state of Olympus is these days. <laughs> somewhere, some they must have the specs for the the Mew two. You think you were able to make these and sell them for a hundred pounds? Yeah, but only years. if you make ten million of them. Yeah, but <laughs> but even if they went okay, well we're going to make these again, but we're going to charge five hundred pounds them. They're still going to sell all the ones they can make, mm-hmm. so they don't need to make ten million of them. Um, but I guess I, I, I don't even know whether those people are looking at, I, I get the impression that the analogue market is still I think it's smaller than that yeah yeah um, I think it's still especially fought. considering how many working second hand cameras there are um, yeah yeah I yeah. it's always the problem isn't it of, of when you're in it it feels like oh look at how much it's grown look at how much everyone's but when you're used from, to from a low base, <laughs> very very low base. Um, are you getting any time to actually do any photography with any of these weird and wonderful gadgets that you've got? Oh, I haven't done a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 if we go out as a family, I take a camera with me, but it's normally the same. Well, I'd say it's normally the same. I, I normally take my F one um, with whatever's in it at the time. But mm. um, I took an Ondu out uh, pinhole day, mm. whenever that was, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so I, I've taken some pinhole shots that I haven't seen yet, but um, yeah, I, I, yeah, not as much time for photography as I would have liked. What with all the lockdowns and um, ferrying family yeah. backwards and forwards yeah. and trying to get the day job done, yeah, it's a bit of a pain, really. Yeah, and playing around with shutters, of course. Because playing around with shutters, playing yeah. Playing around with shutters. But um, I've, I, I've I've got a um, new to me chroma camera um five by four i've taken a couple of dry plate shots of the neighbor's um tree magnolia tree (laughs) um uh, and that's good fun yeah um just uh, i think they're slightly underdeveloped because i bottled it (laughs) i was in a dark uh sort of dimly lit red bathroom and Mm -hmm. um to my eye they'd gone black but of course they hadn't because it was dark um I should have left him in for a few more minutes. Yeah. I'd hold my nerve. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about this before. <laughs> I, I've, I've yet to try dry plate. And Steve's even just made um, wet plate holds as well, hasn't Yeah, he? they're really cool. Uh, magnets, again. Of magnets, of course. If you can't do it with magnets, Steve <laughs> is not interested. If you ever have any ideas that you think Steve should make, just make sure that magnets are involved with it in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> Otherwise, he will absolutely tell you to do one. Um, I know he's talked, he's talked about some... Um, uh, 
clothing in the future. I don't know. What you I've mean. seen it. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the holder with this is. Or actually, yes, I do, Steve. Um, but I'm assuming that it has magnets in there somewhere. I'd hope so. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. Um, I'm sure there was something I was going to follow up with them, but I can't for life me remember what it is. But uh, dry plates and wet plates. Dry plates and wet plates. Yeah. Um, do you think are you going to is wet plate oh, sorry is dry plate going to be the thing that you're going to continue on with is that going to be your format of choice for large format do you think or um, well the, the main reason I picked it was because I didn't have a shutter for my lens I needed mm. something slow ironically I, I could use my big hat in front of and <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I mean I, I kind of have a shutter but yeah. um, I'd have to fix it first yeah um, so uh, yeah so I I, I I wanted something really slow that I could just stick my hat in front of and um, and take photos that way. Yeah. So um, so it's handy for that, and um, you know, I'd, actually, that's the the dry plates are all I've used on the on the four by five so far. Um, but I've got film holders and a box of film, and I've, I've got I was I mentioned to you earlier I've got a box of um, large format Velvia that yeah. uh, a company sent me by mistake about. 12 years ago that I still haven't broken into definitely need to use that yeah I mean it's it's been kept at room temperature for all that time so, <laughs> so what, what could possibly go wrong exactly it's fine <laughs> at least it's at least it's slide film you know that that stuff is very forgiving so of course it is fine. yeah it's just like a HP5 isn't it it's yes just, yeah just count and um, it'll be fine <laughs> I mean to be honest yes that is exactly what I do <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the poster child for, for doing things the right way um, that's really cool I mean I, I love 4x5 that's going to be a fun adventure to go on with all of that hmm. um well that's awesome well they, thank you so much for for popping around and joining oh, sure. me in my salon um i think i mean you know time scales aside people should keep an eye on what you're doing keep an eye on what's going on at chroma cameras as well because there is other stuff that we can't talk about at the moment steve's always doing new stuff steve's always <laughs> doing new stuff and he's doing new stuff with well with you on this and um i said i've seen some prototypes they're very cool and as is as has been the trend over the last few years, because because it's well, without wishing to denigrate it in any way, but <laughs> because it's bigger and easier to work on, large format photography is the one area where we are getting new cameras, we are getting new stuff happening, and what you guys are working on is really cool. And I know you're getting other people involved as well, and the potential is really interesting. If you're a large format photographer. Do keep an eye out for what's coming at some point down the line. No, at some point, Steve's patient is going to wear too thin and he's going to post something on Instagram about it anyway. That's inevitable. And that will only be a mere two or three years before he's actually got something ready for that. But um, it's really cool. It's definitely stuff which I think everybody should be uh, excited about in the future. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to draw a line underneath this, um, but it's been very nice chatting to you. It's nice having somebody in, in a- my Actual in real life uh, conversation. I know. It's, it's novel. It, it is really novel. It is really novel. Although it's been bizarre. I've, I've barely seen anybody over the last year. And yeah, when I talk about, well, yeah, I saw Alex the other day because I was down in Swansea. And then the week before that, I was up with John and Simon. I was like, God, 
the only people I do ever see are film photography people, which I guess is great, right? That's cool. I think that's pretty much as good as it gets. <laughs> Who yeah. else do you want to see? Well, that is a very, very fair point. <laughs> that is a very fair point. And we were discussing earlier, we need to arrange another get-together soon to go and visit um, Secondhand Darkroom. So I want to give, actually, I'll give mm. a shout-out to Secondhand Darkroom, um, Paul over in Secondhand Darkroom, because they've just moved to new uh, a new location, which conveniently is like, two or three miles close to me. Not that they were far away in the first place, but now they're even more dangerously close to me. And I went to visit the new site uh, last week because I wanted to get a timer for my new um, enlarger and some filters and stuff like that. And I was a bit worried, is it still going to have that same Aladdin's cave feel? Now it's in like this industrial unit, but it does because it's <laughs> even more stacked to the rafters um, full of stuff there. And you've got some great cameras. And I saw this... Oh, I, I I saw this Zorky there. Oh, I should ask how much this Zorky is. He was like, I don't know what model Zorky it was. If if Mark's listening, I'll maybe actually I should take a picture of it and show it to Mark. I don't. Know, but it wasn't. It was not a Zorky for. It was an older one. And it looked very cool. Like, oh, I should ask about that. I'm like, no, <laughs> walk away. Because it looked actually it looked very much like my um my Leica two, which I showed you my beautiful. It looked very much like. I've got that. a Leica, by the way. Yeah. You've got a Leica as well. <laughs> no, I'm I'm, I'm borrowing one. You're borrowing. <laughs> What kind are you borrowing? Um, it's a two something. Um, I don't, I, I'm, I'm like not, this? I'm not big on Leicas. I, I don't really know what, what the modern numbers are. Is it, is, the it, same it's, is it a Barnack Leica? Like? Uh, yes, that, it's the same sort of shape as the one you've got. Same there. sort of shape, but not as cool as mine. Cause, <laughs> cause it just couldn't Because it's not yours. Exactly, because it's not mine. It's not mine. Mine is a special one because Rachel got it for me and it's special. Um, we will leave you in peace now, listeners. <laughs> we'll be back next week with something. What week is it next week? Oh, yeah, we'll be definitely back next week. <laughs> Who knows with what, but it'll be great. Um, thank you so much for listening, Dave. Thank you so much for joining me here in the shed. Pleasure. <laughs> we'll play you out, as usual, with uh, Rachel's wonderful music. And um, we'll be back again soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.